Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. When you drive around the tiny town of Colma, just south of Daly City, you can't help but notice a certain redundancy of scenery. Tombstones. A florist. More tombstones. Another florist. What Hollywood is to movies, what Detroit is to cars, Colma is to dying. And all this death got Concord listener Kathy Coleman to ask... I was wondering what had happened in the past to preserve Colma for cemeteries. Nearly three-quarters of this 2.2-square-mile town is zoned for cemeteries. There are 17 of them in total, making Colma the last place you want to be when the zombie apocalypse goes down. This is the Bay Curious Podcast, where we answer a new question about the Bay Area each week. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Today, we're unearthing the tale of Colma. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Here's reporter John Brooks to tell us how Coma became a necropolis. People are just dying to get into Colma. Okay, that's an old joke, but the fact is, the Colma dead far outnumber the living. It's 1,431. 1,431 of the living. It's above ground residents, we call them. This is Pat Hatfield of the Colma Historical Association. And we have maybe a million and a half underground residents. She and a lot of other above ground citizens are proud of the town's reputation as a necropolis. We're the only city in the world that was incorporated just to preserve and protect our dead. 
And among those buried here are a who's who of Bay Area notables, folks like William Randolph Hearst, Levi Strauss, and Emperor Norton. And if Simon and Garfunkel still want to know, where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? Well, he's at Holy Cross Cemetery in Colma. How did this happen? How did Colma become this gathering spot for the dead? Turns out you can't understand Colma without first looking at what happened, dead people-wise, in San Francisco. I'm standing in the Mission Dolores Cemetery in San Francisco. Believe it or not, this is the only cemetery on San Francisco land. There's another one on federal ground in the Presidio. It wasn't always this way. San Francisco used to be full of dead people. In the gold rush days, dating back to the 1850s and 1860s, they had decided to build cemeteries uh, in the western part of the city where nobody would ever want to live. San Mateo County historian Michael Swanovic is the go-to guy when it comes to Bay Area cemeteries. And as a result, around Lone Mountain, approximately where the University of San Francisco is today, four cemeteries, huge cemeteries, uh, were created. By the 1880s, this constituted between 60 and 70 square blocks. Where the Legion of Honor stands today used to be the site of another huge cemetery. But as San Francisco's population grew rapidly, there were new demands on the land. People were building homes on all sides of the cemeteries. Streetcars had to navigate around these islands of the dead to bring living residents to work and back. All that's to say the cemeteries were becoming prime real estate. People in San Francisco looking for homes, looking for business places, said this land is too valuable for the dead. And there was a growing crescendo to evict the bodies. In the 1880s, newspapers ran headlines like, Cemeteries must go. Cemeteries bar to progress. Bodies exposed. Cemeteries grim. Hoodlumism rampant. There were also weird concerns about living next to dead folks. Some thought that if they inhaled the winds that blew over crowded cemeteries, they could contract malignant throat illnesses. In 1901, San Francisco banned all new burials within city limits. With fewer visitors and no new income, San Francisco cemeteries quickly fell into ruin. Statues and gravestones were toppled, valuable bronze doors and private mausoleums were stolen. College fraternities would have parties in there. They would break into the mausoleums and often take out a casket or the remains of a person. Children would find a skull and actually play soccer with it out there. San Francisco cemetery associations needed new land where they could bury bodies. So they looked south, purchasing large plots of Colmas farmland. It was a wise move. Because in 1914, San Francisco told the cemeteries they had to remove the bodies and get out of town. Cemetery operators wanted a place where their businesses wouldn't be disrupted again. So in 1924, they incorporated the Colma area to make a necropolis. Over 100,000 bodies were exhumed and moved from San Francisco to Colma, many to mass graves. The process went on for years. But some of the bodies never made that move. They missed a lot of the bodies. This is University of San Francisco historian Alan Zyka. Every time there's been a major excavation on the main campus to put up a new building, they have inevitably come across remnants of the cemetery. 
In 2011, we began excavating. They came across about 55 coffins. I think it was about 29 skeletons, several skulls. Remains from old cemeteries have been found lots of places in San Francisco. That includes over 700 bodies unearthed during construction at the Legion of Honor in 1993. Someone who used to work there told us there were definitely ghosts in the museum. We could not confirm that story. But all this leads to the question, are the dead safe, even in Colma? Will their final resting place really be their final resting place? I want to say Colma is safe. But I've noticed that since 1970, the largest auto rose south of San Francisco is in Colma. They have a home depot in Colma. Uh, at one point, a portion of Green Lawn Cemetery was cut away to make a movie theater. I can stand in cemeteries in Colma today and hear a PA system saying, your car is ready to be picked up in service. But for now, at least, Colma is still a haven for the dead, where your remains should remain. That was reporter John Brooks. Head to our website, baycurious.org, to see some pretty remarkable pictures of those graveyards in San Francisco being exhumed. And hey, while you're there, be sure to submit a question. I'm Olivia Allen Price. You've been listening to Bay Curious, a production of KQED in San Francisco. Thanks for listening, and happy Halloween. <laughs> Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment, and if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.